Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic for the final time in this 2017 season. My name is Phil prosman I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. Dot com, And we have a fun show for you today. I'm going to try and get through things a little bit quicker on the front end here as I'll recap the Orlando Magic season finale win over the Detroit Pistons, a 113-109 victory, uh, as well as talk a little bit about what the feeling was like in the Amway Center as the season closes uh, for this time. I'll, I'll lay out the, lot, the final lottery odds and, and where the Magic will be picking, which I'm sure we'll be talking about plenty uh, in the next few months. Uh, and I'm going to close the show by looking a little bit to the future. I was on uh, Tuck and O'Neill on uh, 1080 AM Sports Talk Florida in Orlando, uh, chatting a little bit about the Magic's future and what comes next. That's obviously a topic that's on everyone's mind. Um, it was a good radio segment, so I will share that on the podcast here. But let's start with the news, of course, the Orlando Magic defeating the Detroit Pistons 113-109 to in what was just a very good basketball game for the Magic. Uh, Frank Vogel said after the game that his plan was, he kind of laid out his plan was to to play his starters for the first half uh, and and then turn it over to the young guys to finish the game. And hopefully it would be a close game or hopefully it would be an opportunity for them to to close out a game and and gain some confidence or whatever the case may be. Uh, And you, you have to say for the most part here, the game went exactly according to plan. The Magic... The first thing that Frank Vogel said, and he said this at shoot-around, and he said this after the game, the first thing he wanted was for his team to respond after Monday's blowout loss, a 47-point loss to the Chicago Bulls, where the team just just didn't have the right energy, was how a lot of players described it, uh, and it just wasn't good. Uh, I mean, you can't lose by 50 points to anybody. So, with that in mind, Vogel wanted to see his team respond. And they responded in a big way. A 38-17 first quarter took a 21-point lead, their largest lead of the game. They had control of the game for pretty much the entire way out. And the way they took control of this game early was exactly the way you want to see them do it. They played some great defense. They got out in transition. Aaron Gordon had a sick dunk, as he he tends to do. They made three-pointers, 6 of 10 three-pointers in the quarter. They didn't turn the ball over. They were efficient and they were deadly. And this was exactly how the Magic have wanted to see them play. They were focused and intense and, and probably one of the Magic's better quarters and one of the Magic's better uh, games even overall. Now, the momentum did dissipate. The Magic's bench came in. They've struggled, uh, you know, gave up a lot of that lead. Um, the second half, there was definitely a lack of uh, lack of that same intensity and focus. But Orlando turned it over to the young guys, and the guys that finished the game uh, were Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, Mario Wazonia, Marcus Georges Hunt, and Steven Zimmerman. So this, again, not a game where you're looking at the top guys, not a game that you're looking at um, your normal playing rotation. The Magic were playing a kind of skeleton crew, as were the Detroit Pistons. You got a lot of Boban Marjanovic, not as much Andre Drummond. 
um, you know, a lot of Henry Ellenson, a lot of, uh, ended up with a lot of Tobias Harris, and a lot of Reggie Bullock. He almost played 30 minutes. Um, Ish Smith had to play because they don't have any other point guards, but um, it, it was not the A squads for either team. Let's put it that way. But it still proved to be a very entertaining game. Detroit came all the way back, took the lead by four points, and Orlando asked their young players to take over. And they largely did. Whether it was Aaron Gordon attacking the basket off the dribble, which he did fantastically. He had his pull-up jumper working, and when that's working, it usually spells trouble for the other team. And for a good chunk of the fourth quarter, it looked like Aaron Gordon was the best player on the floor, and it was hard to argue with that. And he attacked and did whatever he wanted, and he seemed as determined as anyone to make sure that the Magic would not lose this game. Even Steven Zimmerman had big contributions. He had a nice block on Boban Marjanovic. He had a running hook shot that brought the Magic up by two. They gave that lead away on, a, on an and one to Marjanovic because Boban's just a huge human being that, that you know, Steven Zimmerman's just probably not quite ready to, to handle. But Orlando came right back, and they came right back with Alfred Payton, who hit three straight pull-up jumpers. I'm, I'm not kidding. Pull-up jumpers. Off the dribble, step-back jumpers because that's game 82 for you. Peyton made all three and helped the Magic secure a 113-109 victory. Uh, it was big. <laughs> <laughs> now we just wanted to end the season uh, with a win. Uh, we talked about that uh, yesterday and uh, this morning, so it was good for us to go out there and uh, compete and get this win. Alfred Payton finishing the game with 21 points and 13 assists on 10 for 18 shooting, added five rebounds as well. Just one turnover as the Magic only turned the ball over 11 times. Very efficient game for the Magic, and Peyton played really, really, really well, uh, as did Aaron Gordon, 32 points, 12 rebounds, 11 for 20 shooting, 7 for 7 from the foul line, made three three-pointers as well. Other scores, Nikola Vucevic, 18 points, 8 for 15, 11 rebounds uh, in 27 minutes, or 20, about 27 minutes um, uh, as well. Evan Fournier, 12 points, didn't play as much. Uh, Jody Meeks scores 12 points off the bench. Mario Zonia with eight. Steven Zimmerman with two. You know, not 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 a you know not your typical Orlando Magic game. There were implications to the law, to the win though, uh, and and it, it, I would be remiss if I didn't address them. Uh, as I was watching the game, I did have the Philadelphia 76ers game up, and Philadelphia was leading for most of that game, and so it seemed like. It would be a win-win for the two teams, and they'd share the, lo- the lottery ball, lottery combinations. It turns out the Philadelphia 76ers lost to the New York Knicks uh, on a last-second shot by one point on the road, assuring the Philadelphia 76ers will get fourth-best lottery combinations or the fourth-best lottery odds in the upcoming NBA draft lottery. The Magic relegated to fifth. That's the difference between uh, 109 combinations and 88 combinations uh, as opposed to them splitting it or reversing it or whatever. Um, as I've said on this podcast, uh, and, and Frank Vogel even mentioned this uh, at, after the game as well, you know, their job is to win games, and they're not going to shirk their duties to win games to, to, to get better draft positioning. Uh, they've said throughout the process, throughout this whole end of the season, that they're trying to build a winning culture, and I think Vogel laid it out much more plainly than he ever has to this point and saying we're trying we you know if you lose you if you lose purposefully like that you set that's how you set a bad culture that's how you 
kind of signal to your players that that those habits are acceptable, and and that's not what Vogel wants to build here. And Vogel said, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, karma is a word I can't say right now. Uh, He said that he believes in the basketball gods and that, that... you know, they've been in the situation where they've won games late and, and they were taken care of by the basketball gods. He drafted Paul George 10th and drafted Miles Turner 11th. And then I think most, and I mean, judging by my mentions, most people are like, why didn't the Magic take Miles Turner over Mario Azonia? We're not going relit- to relitigate that decision, but there are fines and, and this draft is deep. And, and I'm confident that if the Magic even fall to six, they will get a solid player that will help this team immensely. Of course, the lottery is still a long way away, and anything can happen. I get what odds are, and I get it. I'm not saying if you believe that, that you're being illogical. You know, I think that your logic's sound and that you're making, you know, a rational decision there. The magic opted to go a different direction, and the chips have fallen where they may, and... We'll see what happens in in June or May when the draft lottery actually takes place. For the Magic, what was important to them was to go out and play a good game, to get rid of the bitter taste of that loss to Chicago Bulls. And in doing so, the Magic had just a fun night. I have to say, as an observer of the team, it was one of the best atmospheres that we've seen at the Amway Center all year. It was a good night to watch basketball. And the Magic were a big part of that, but so too were the fans. Uh, According to the Magic, uh, the the team had an announced crowd of 19,458. Not only a sellout, the second straight sellout to end the season, mind you, but the largest crowd in Amway Center history, and the largest attendance in Orlando Magic history. So, to say the least, the crowd played a good part of this game and showed their willingness to stick with this team, even though it it struggled so much this year. I want to start by thanking the fans for their support all season, Um, but in particular tonight, uh, just a great, great crowd. And, um, you know, it's been a tough season for us, but to see them stay, stay behind us the way they did and uh, you know, show up for, you know, the last game of the season the way they did, um, you know, it's, it's special and it's, it's awesome. And they're a big part of the win tonight. So I'm glad we got the W. And indeed, it, it was a charged atmosphere. Sellout crowd. And, and well, you know, I, I think if you were at the game, you can certainly dispute the, the largest crowd in Magic history. But it was a definite sellout. A definite sellout for a 29-win team uh, against a Detroit Pistons team with nothing to play for as well. There was nothing on the line. And it was just an enjoyable night watching basketball. Sure, there weren't the star players. Sure, there wasn't anything else. But it was just a good time. It was just an entertaining time. And at the end of the day... You know, we talk about championships, we talk about building rosters and, and, and talk about big picture things, but sometimes there is a small picture thing here. The reason we're so frustrated with this Magic team is not that they're not winning championships. We've gone 28 years now without winning a championship. We just want to be entertained. We want what sports gives us, 
the belief that greatness is around the corner. That's perfectly fair to ask of this organization, this franchise, to give them an entertaining product. And as so many people have said, if you're going to be bad, at least be entertaining. And for much of this season, the Magic were bad and not entertaining. Wednesday's finale, sure, the Magic probably aren't beating many teams in the league still. But at least they were entertaining, and everyone had a good time. You saw Aaron Gordon flying down the lane, dunking the ball with ferocity. Dunking so hard, someone cut him above his eye early in the first quarter. It was strange. You saw a team moving and sharing the ball and and making three-pointers and getting shots and getting out in transition the way that that Frank Vogel always envisioned this team playing. You saw a back-and-forth game that went to the wire. This wasn't a team stuck in the mud. This wasn't a team incapable of winning. This was a team playing a beautiful game against perhaps a worthy opponent and giving every fan in that building their full money's worth for the tickets that they for the tickets that they bought sometimes that's enough and in a game like this where there's no meaning maybe that gives hope to a fan base that there is, things are not as bleak as they seem that this team can begin to turn a corner. Maybe that's reading too much into one win. But we've seen so many times, even since really since the All-Star break, that this team can be something more. And they can have nights like this that are just enjoyable. And at the end of the day, that's what we want from sports. We want to be entertained. We want our emotional investment to be rewarded. That, to me, is why this season has been so frustrating. Is not only was our emotional investment not rewarded this year, our emotional investment of the past five years wasn't rewarded. It's hard to see what the Magic's future is. It's hard to see today as the season's now over and we begin to process and think about the offseason more fully. It's It's been tough, and I think everyone knows it, and the frustration's been very, very real. But for 48 minutes, for two hours and 10 minutes Wednesday... None of that mattered. It was just that one game. And it was entertaining as hell. And that's probably not going to matter in the big picture. But it was fun while it lasted. And before we move on to the final segment of today's show, I too want to echo what Frank Vogel said. And thank you all my listeners and my readers over at Orlando Magic Daily, as well as the followers on Twitter at Daily. We've gotten into a lot of fights this, this year. We've gotten into a lot of debates, healthy debates. We've explored a lot of different areas on this show and elsewhere. And it would not be worth doing without your support. 
and without your passion. I've heard people say Magic fans are apathetic and that Orlando City has taken over. And certainly Orlando City is more vocal and I don't view the Magic and Orlando City as competitors in this market. But I see the success and the interaction that I've had on Orlando Magic Daily. And I see the success that we've had in this first year, first season of the Locked On Magic podcast. And I'm more than thankful for being able to share my thoughts with you, for the opportunity to listen to you when I can, and to try and shed some light on what's going on with this with this team that we all love. There's a lot of passion in the Magic fan base. And we may sometimes get a little bit of a bad reputation. I personally think it's because of the losing at this point. It's not because of anything else. Magic fans love their team. They've stuck through plenty with this organization. And we all know that better days are indeed ahead. And whether you're jumping on the bandwagon late when the team finally gets good again, or whether you suffered through this rebuild and what's to come next, I want to thank you all again for being Magic fans, for listening to this show and making it so rewarding. This has been a lot of work this year. I won't lie, I'm recording, you know, 8 o'clock game, I'm recording this far later than I need to record this to make sure it's in your inboxes in the morning. But it has been incredibly, incredibly rewarding. I'm so glad that I signed up to do the Lockdown Magic podcast uh, and and to expand the options available to Magic fans. Because the, the reaction and the reception to this podcast throughout the entire season has been phenomenal. And, and I cannot wait to get to dive into the summer a little bit and to get ready for the 2018 season with you all. And we'll, we'll go on this journey together just like we went through this 2017 journey together. And so again, as this season comes so close, I want to thank everyone for listening to the Lockdown Magic Podcast, for following on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and just being Magic fans. Whether you're an everyday listener, an occasional listener, listening to the back episodes, only waiting for the long episodes with guests, coming for the game recaps, disagreeing with me, agreeing with me. I want to thank you all. And know that that I am always here as a, re, as a resource for you. I want to listen to what you have to say as much as I want to tell you what I think on the podcast. So again, thank you all so much for helping me get through the season, number one. And for, and for being a part of the Magic family, as I like to call it. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. 
To close out today's show, I'm going to play a radio segment that I did with Tuck and O'Neill from Sports Talk Florida 1080. This was recorded on Wednesday before the game, uh, so if there are some dated references, uh, excuse that. We talk a lot about the Magic's future and where the Orlando Magic go from here, and I think that's the best place to leave us as we uh, end the 2017 season. Remember, you can listen to Tuck and O'Neill on 1080 AM, Sports Talk Florida in Orlando. I believe they're also on in Gainesville. I don't know the station. I'm sure it'll be on on there somewhere. But if you check out sportstalkflorida.com, you can listen to Tuck and O'Neill live from 3 to 6 p.m. on Monday through Friday. So this season, as disappointing as any, I think, in the team's history, comes to a close tonight. Detroit is here. Let's talk about it. We welcome our friend. He writes for OrlandoMagicDaily.com, Philip Rossman-Reich. Philip, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. A uh, little less good after, after hearing those highlights, but uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. Would you agree the Magic have been playing uh, NBA basketball since 1989-90? Is this the most disappointing season in their history? Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think it is. I think you have to say that it is um, for a number of reasons. And there's always different reasons to be disappointed in a, in a season. Uh, but I can't think of another year where there was so much optimism heading into the season and so much pessimism heading out. I mean, even in 2004, uh, when Tracy McGrady's last year, uh, there was a lot of optimism heading into that season. But they came out of it and, you know, with the worst record. They still had Tracy McGrady on the roster. There's still a lot of reason to believe that things were going to to be righted and, and that the team would find a way forward, whether they ended up with, you know, at the time, Dwight Howard or Mecca Okafor or whoever in that draft. This year, it, it doesn't feel that way. This year, it, there isn't a player that you can point to on the roster and say, that, that guy's a future star and someone we can build around. Uh, there isn't the guarantee of a high draft pick, even in a loaded draft like this. Uh, and so it's it's much harder to predict where the magic go from here. And so for for that reason, I would have to agree with that assessment that this is probably the most disappointing season in magic history. All right, I'm going to ask you about uh, disappointment. All right, as a team, what was most disappointing? What aspect of this season, how it played out for the magic? The defense, uh, by far. Um, you know, you you pick pick up a player like Serge Ibaka in a trade. You sign a player like Bismack Biombo, and, and you expect to be at least league average defensively. And I think we all kind of recognize that the, the ticket for the Magic to, to find success this year was they had to be an elite defense. And with those two players uh, and Aaron Gordon on the perimeter, there was no reason to believe that they couldn't do that. When you go back and look at the numbers, when Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo were on the floor together, the team gave up something like 110, 111 points per 100 possessions, which is, which is really, really, really bad, to say the least. And the Magic are going to finish in the bottom 10 in defensive rating this year. So that not only was this not a good defense, it was one of the worst defenses in the league. And, and with the players that they added, with Frank Vogel coming in, that was the thing the Magic needed to rely on to become their identity this year, and it just it didn't happen. And that's why you have such a disastrous season. I agree 100% with that. Let me ask about players now. For whatever reason, the player you leave this season with the most disappointed in what they were able to accomplish. Uh, you know, I think for me, the player that I'm most disappointed in, um, Serge Ibaka would be, would be the obvious one, but, but he's obviously no longer with the team. Uh, you know, I think he did plenty individually well, uh, but his defense was not at the level that, that the Magic needed it to be. And frankly, the Magic probably needed him to be a little bit more of an of a on-court leader and really kind of push his teammates to another level. And he just, whether it's age or whatever, 
the case may be. He just wasn't able to, to bring it every single night like that. But for me, the most disappointing player is Alfred Payton. The Magic had invest, have invested a lot in Alfred Payton at the point guard position, and we know in the league right now how critical it is to have a point guard who can lead your team, get into the paint, and kind of spearhead your offense. And Payton has largely done that, especially since the All-Star break with, with all the triple-doubles, but his defense did not improve, and that was what really held the Magic back last year. Uh, and again, with how important point guards are, are in this league, you've got to be able to stop them. You've got to be able to keep them out of the lane to make your defense a little bit easier. And so a lot of the Magic's breakdowns defensively start on the perimeter. And Alfred Payton, former Lefty Dreisel Award winner in college for being the best defender in the league, that has not translated to the NBA. He has really struggled on the defensive end. And to not see that growth there really hurt the Magic in the end. Our guest is Philip Rossman Reich. He covers the Magic for OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Tonight, the final night of the regular season of the NBA, the Magic will play Detroit downtown at Amway Center. Game tips at 8 tonight, by the way. Uh, so let's talk about Rob Hennigan. Uh, even some of his closest <laughs> allies over the last year plus uh, seem to have taken a different tone in their talk about the general manager. I take it it's your belief that Rob Hennigan will either resign or be relieved of his duties as this season closes out. Do you agree? I, I do agree with that. I think that uh, regardless of what went wrong, and, and I think you can probably do a whole hour radio show dissecting the last five years for the Orlando Magic, I think this season has been such a bitter disappointment and you know I, I can't think of a more more uh, a better phrase or better adjective to describe it this season has been a failure and that falls on the general manager um, even if even if you believe ownership kind of gave him a playoff or bus directive and you know I'm someone who believes that that might have been a little premature or unfair the bottom line is he was told to make a playoff team and he failed to deliver and the, the Magic went all in with it. They sold this team as a playoff team. Vogel went out and said on, during the open practice, we're going to make the playoffs. This was back in October, mm-hmm. uh, that we're going to make the playoffs. He, he told the fans this directly. And to see them not only not make the playoffs, but take a step back after his 35-win team is just bitterly disappointing. And I think that the only way the Magic can kind of save face with their fans is to move into move in a new direction and move on with new leadership at the at the top. We talked and, and wondered aloud when the Orlando Magic made the deal on draft night last year to send both Victor Oladipo, who'd somewhat become the face of the franchise in his young years here, along with the first pick in the draft. The pick was the twelfth overall, Debontis Sabonis. Sabonis is the last name. Demontis Sabonis out of of Gonzaga for Serge Ibaka. And there were those like myself rolling their eyes around the room like, really, Serge Ibaka is going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Uh, You know, you're playing without a net here. And the belief was that he would re-sign. Well, then the move that meant with signing Bismarck Biombo that you're probably going to move Aaron Gordon to a different position, when in reality, when you made that move, you kind of felt, knowing the Orlando Magic, that tells us they really believe uh, two players, both Aaron Gordon and Mario Hazonia, are going to make giant strides in their contribution. Uh, couldn't you conclude that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the Magic believe that 
certainly, certainly with Azonia, he was ready to, to make a, a big leap forward and someone who could contribute after experiencing a year in the NBA. And I think they believe that, that Gordon could too, that Gordon would spend his summer working on his shot, becoming a more proficient three-point shooter. And sure, there would be some hiccups along the way, but his perimeter defense especially was his elite skill, and that was better used at the, at the three. Um, I think it, it's easy to look back at decisions in hindsight and say, oh, that was a mistake. And, and plenty of people question the Serge Ibaka deal, as, as they rightfully should. It was a, a huge risk that the Magic took, and uh, GMs and how they make how they keep their jobs essentially is they take calculated gambles and they pan out or they find ways out of find ways out of them if they don't and certainly the Magic found a way out of that Ibaka gamble um, by trading him for Terrence Ross and getting a first round pick in return but at the end of the day the Magic took too many risks and not enough of them came true Aaron Gordon didn't take the big leap forward he wasn't ready to play on the perimeter and may not that may not be the best place for him and that was an experiment the Magic ran in a year with a lot of pressure to win. Mario Azonia, for whatever reason, and it's hard to, it's hard to figure, it out, figure out why, it just has not clicked in the NBA at all. I mean, his defense has taken some steps forward, but his shooting has just completely disappeared, and, and it's hard to figure out why that's the case. And he spent the majority of the season outside of the rotation. And so enough of these risks that the Magic took did not pan out, and that's how you end up with a, a 28-win season and, and the team kind of figuring out where they go next. Jerry's made his name available for the soon-to-be-vacant <laughs> GM job. I'm not sure he's going to get a phone call in case he doesn't. Do you have any other ideas for the club? Uh, you know, there are definitely uh, lots, lots of names out there. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a little hesitant to speculate until the, the decision is final. Uh, you know, there's already been plenty of names thrown around there. I, I do think that the Magic, uh, if the job opens up, uh, we'll take a look at Pat Garrity, look at Travis Shanks from the Golden State Warriors, guys who have a connection to the franchise. Um, I think that that familiarity is something that they want. I think kind of like with coaches, how you go from kind of one extreme to the other, where you know the Magic replaced a, a, a loud, kind of yelling coach like Stan Van Gundy with the more quiet, soft-spoken Jacques Vaughn, and then went to the super intense Scott Skiles to the to the more optimistic Frank Vogel. I think the Magic will kind of do some of the same things with the, with the general manager. Rob Hennigan, when he came in, had a lot of good ideas, and, and I think that his process was a, was, was a sound one. Um, that he made some bad decisions along the way, uh, and things didn't work out, but the, the idea that he had was, was, was a good one. The difference for him, I think, was his lack of experience. He's been in the league as, a, as an assistant general manager now for four years, and I think that lack of experience really hurt him. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic go out and seek someone who maybe has been a GM before or has been an assistant GM for a little bit longer, comes from a, a, a good team, good team, or has been around the league a little bit more, looking for someone who's who's ready, who's really ready for that lead chair, and not just kind of a, a whiz, you know. And this sounds kind of kind of mean, and maybe has some negative connotations, <laughs> but isn't a whiz kid rising star type type guy? I think they'll look for someone who's a little bit more established and really ready to take on that lead chair. Magic planned, obviously. You look back on and out of, to build through the draft. It didn't work from the aspect of. The players they drafted simply weren't good enough to push this franchise forward. Uh, what would you want to see the next GM do? Follow a similar pattern of trying to build through the draft? Not necessarily a teardown, but a continuation of keep looking through the draft to try to uh, improve this roster? Or, the hell with it, try to trade whatever you can trade and become uh, an average team first and then try to work from there? 
Well, I think that the Magic this year are probably in a little bit better position to do a little bit of both. Um, I think the draft is absolutely an important place to start, um, especially this year's draft. I mean, even if the Magic don't get bumped into the lottery and stay at the 4 or 5 spot like they're currently slated to stay at, they're going to get a quality player who has star potential. I mean, more than any player that they've drafted so far uh, in the last five years, they're, they're in line to get someone that's probably more talented and more capable of becoming a star than any player um, that they've drafted so far. So I think that's the beginning phase of things. I don't think that the Magic should be looking to do a complete teardown and be willing to, to lose another year or two to just play the lottery again. That, that clearly doesn't work. So I think they need to be a little bit more opportunistic with, with how they go about getting stars. And, uh, if, you, if you remember, there are all these rumors going around um, that the first year with Rob Hennigan that the Suns or the Clippers actually were offering them Eric Bledsoe. And, and at the time, he was getting ready to be a restricted free agent. He, he was playing off the bench a lot. That was, you know, that was maybe the kind of risk the Magic should have taken, but Hennigan, you know, if, if the rumor is true, of course, kind of made the decision that you know, we're not willing to pay a, a max guy in restricted free agency quite yet. You know, maybe we don't quite believe in him. We're not going to take that risk. We're going to hold on there and follow a little bit longer. You know, maybe the Magic take a risk on, on a young guy like that, you know, entering restricted free agency and, and could become a star with more minutes. Maybe the Magic are more willing to do that. I think more importantly than any of that, though, the strategy for the Magic the last five years has really been to just collect talent and kind of see where it goes. Um, you looked at how this roster was put together this year. Everyone could say this isn't really a good match, and the Magic are still going to be figuring out pieces as they go along. I think what's really important for the Magic moving forward is they have to pick a, a core group of guys that they really want to build around and find ways to complement their skills. They need to actually build a team and not just All right. Let me let, let me stop out. you then, Philip. Phil Rossman Reich is our guest from OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Under contract beyond this year, obviously, and and I want you to pay attention or discuss your thoughts about what the Magic want to do with Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon. They have Evan Fournier. Three, at least three more years under contract. They have Terrence Ross, two more years under contract. They have Nick Vucevic, two years under contract. Bismarck Biombo, obviously. DJ Augustine is under contract for three more years. Uh, those are the pieces you're talking about. Hazonia is going to be here at, at least two more years if the Magic were to accept his fourth year, which is a team option the fourth year. He's got the third year next year, team option for the fourth. Do you work around those guys, in your opinion? You know, the, the only guy, I mean, I think that the Magic can if they want to. It, it really depends on, on what their evaluations are. Uh, I think at this point we kind of know what Nikola Vucevic is. We kind of know what Evan Fournier is. And, and to a certain extent, we know what Terrence Ross is. Um, Alfred Payton is still a mystery, but like I said, he's, he struggled this year. I mean, I think the only kind of firm building block piece you have is, is Aaron Gordon. And, and, and at that point, you're more banking on his continued development and seeing what he can do in the summer. And so, you know, I've, I've pondered this too. Both Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon are eligible for extensions this right. summer. I'm not sure you offer either of them an extension yet. Uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly not willing to maybe offer Payton a, a, a firm extension yet. Gordon, you know, maybe I try and see if I can get him real cheap because I do think he has an elite NBA skill in his perimeter defense. Well, you know real cheap is not going to happen. Aaron Gordon, no, he, no, he would no, command $20 million, and some might call that real cheap with the money, the f- funny money that's available in today's NBA, right? 
Absolutely, and, and and you just don't know what he's going to be going to be. Still, I mean, is, is he a starter? Or can he be a starting? But caliber? the truth is, under the collective bargaining agreement, both those guys, Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton, each have one more year, and then the Magic, if they don't extend, would have the rights under the term of restricted free agent for both those guys, right? Absolutely, yeah, that that is correct. Uh, it's going to be most interesting. Uh, I have to ask before we let you go, uh, Frank Vogel. You know, highly decorated, when I say that, obviously, he never won a title with Indiana. But when Indiana did not renew, you felt like when Scott Skiles quit, uh, that the Magic were fortunate to get immediately on the rebound Frank Vogel. And yet, way too many nights, this guy looked as though, you know, his dog got lost uh, at the end of very humbling and disappointing efforts by his team, both home and away. Uh, your thoughts about how this guy can, with the basic same group of players, turn it in a positive direction? You know, I think there is something to say with this group. And it's not to say that the manager should bring back the same team. They absolutely need to make changes and probably need to look at moving one of their core guys, whoever it is, um, at least one of their core guys. I think there is something to say, though, about continuity. The Magic have had three coaches in the last four years. They haven't had, they haven't entered a training camp with the same coach the previous year uh, for the last three seasons. They they went from Borrego to Skiles to, to Vogel in the last three years. And Borrego um, was an interim to replace Jack coach, Vaughn. Yeah. So they've, they've had four coaches in the last three years. I do think that that has had a very had a negative effect on a lot of these young players on the team who've never experienced winning before. They've had to spend time early on in training camp, learning a new system. And, and that takes time. And certainly we can all agree that the Magic need a little bit of a talent upgrade. So when you're already kind of starting behind there and you're starting with, with the talent and you're already starting behind uh, learning a new system, you're, you're behind. You're, you're, you're playing catch-up the entire year. And, and the Magic just have not been able to play catch-up uh, and, and find success. And so I think at the very, very least, having some continuity. The players who stay, knowing what they're, what's going to be expected of them, uh, and being able to begin teaching it even to new players as they go through open gyms, as they go through workouts, and, and learning, knowing exactly what Vogel's going, to, Vogel's going to do and how he's going to do it, I think that is going to help the team. I think that's going to help the team a lot. I think that's going to help a player like Aaron Gordon develop a little bit more. Um, if Alfred Payton's still on the team, I think that's going to help Alfred Payton a lot. He's, he's had a different coach every single year of his career so far. Uh, this, the, these things people don't always think about, but they are really important. And for a young team especially, that continuity I, I think is really going to be critical to their development, especially if they can maintain some of the same coaching staff and, and maintain some of the same philosophies that they've had, especially toward the end of the All season. All right. We'll leave it at that. We very much appreciate your visit today. We'll look forward to reading your work online at orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll talk again soon, okay? All right. Thank you guys for having me. And once again, a, a big thank you to Tuck and O'Neill. Uh, you can listen to them on Sports Talk Florida, 1080 AM in Orlando, as well as sportstalkflorida.com from 3 to 6 p.m. on every Monday through fr- every weekday, Monday through Friday. And, of course, a special thank you to uh, their producer, Eric Lopez, for, for having me on the show, as well as uh, sending me the soundbite to use here on the Locked On Magic podcast. Be sure, to, again, to check out Tuck and O'Neill on Sports Talk Florida, 1080 AM in Orlando, as well as sportstalkflorida.com. 
com. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Magic. Again, I want to thank you all again for coming through with me here on this 2017 NBA season. As disappointing as it might be, it's it's over. You know, we're, we're done. We're, we're, we're moving on to uh, whatever comes next. Uh, we'll have plenty of autopsy and recap of the NBA season. Uh, we'll start that tomorrow. I'll have a, have a guest plan for tomorrow's podcast. And next week will be our What Went Right, What Went Wrong series uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well as here on the Locked On Magic podcast as we begin to evaluate, break down, and figure out what the heck happened in this 2017 season before we begin looking forward to the 2018 season starting with the 2017 NBA draft. It, the Combine in early May is going to be here before you know it. The draft lottery is going to be here right after that, and then we are right back in it to the offseason uh, with free agency, summer league, the draft, everything you know and love about the NBA season. It's going to be a blast. So again, thank you all again for coming with me here on this journey through the 2017 season. I appreciate all of the listeners, all the followers. Of course, you can follow the podcast on Locked on, at, on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Daily, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Just search for Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.